And today we're going to continue our series that we've been on uh, called Kingdom Principles. And we have been taking this little walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Because Matthew, of, of the four Gospels, he elevates and displays Jesus Christ as the King of the Jews. Uh, and so uh, we're just taking this walk through to the Gospel of Matthew, and today we're going to be looking at uh, chapter 5 again, the, of the balance of that. And I want to begin by telling you something that, uh, in case may, some of you may not know, but about 35 years ago in the church that we were attending in New York, we had purchased a new building, and we didn't have a lot of money, so we were doing a lot of the demolition and renovation ourselves through the people from the church. And it was in that process that I happened to pick up sheetrock the wrong way, and I did damage to my back. Uh, I had I got a herniated disc, and I didn't really, I thought it was just a little sore back, and uh, kept working for several months while we uh, continued the renovation. and. By the end of that renovation, I was literally dragging my leg because the pain was all the way down to my leg. And I finally went to the doctor and was diagnosed with the herniated disc. And that began my journey on trying to get different uh, help from the medical profession on uh, how to fix my back. And 35 years later here, I can tell you, uh, after several operations and about 20 cortisone shots, uh, I've gotten a little bit better, uh, but I still have back problems. And I'm saying all that because several years ago, uh, a, another pastor from another church said, hey, I know this guy who is a personal trainer and he's also a physical therapist that uses a very unique technique for physical therapy. Why don't you try him out? I had nothing to lose. In fact, at that point in time, uh, my back was so bad that I was seriously considering retiring. Uh, and so uh, I went to him and he looked over my back and he said, you know, the, the issue you have is, yes, you have a herniated disc, but what that does is inflames tissues around the back and it weakens the muscles. And so we really need to work on supporting the back by strengthening the muscles. And that was what he began doing. Uh, and he was the kind of guy, remember he's a personal trainer and he's a physical therapist uh, that uses a technique with, through a machine uh, that used to be used strictly on professional athletes. It's a machine that uh, through electrical pulses exercises the muscle uh, very fast. And depending on how high he turns it up is how hard the muscle gets exercised. I can tell you it is quite painful. So much so that the first time he used that, tears started coming down my eye. It was so painful. And I discovered something about him. Although he is a Christian brother, I think he's a masochist at heart. He loved to cause me pain, especially once he found out that I was a pastor. I don't know if he's got a thing against pastors. But every week that I would go back to him, he would look to increase from where I had left off the week before. 
In other words, I, 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 if I was at a, a stage 10 on the machine, well, we're starting at stage 10 today, but by the day, time, this hour, I was seeing for one hour, he said, by the time the hour was over, we're going to be doubling that or even tripling that. And of course, he would start, and I would be in pain, and I would just tell him, could, could we just take it slow? But no matter what I told him, if I told him to take it slow, he would just amp it up. And his thing was, come on, you can take it. What kind of a pastor are you? I'm telling you, this is serious. And I was like, are you a Christian? He goes, are you questioning my Christianity? And he turned up the machine again. I'm like, oh, God, he's killing me. But I noticed that every week I was getting stronger. And when I first went to him, the, the, the first day I could not touch my, my toes bending down. I couldn't get except to halfway through. By the time I was finished just the first session, I was not just touching the, my toes. I was always with my palm on the floor. It's how much flexibility he, he got into my back. But every week, he would raise the bar on what pain he would cause me in order to get me stronger. I want to talk to you today about raising the bar. See, raising the bar is a metaphor. And it means this. To, it means to elevate the standards or, or the expectations. To set higher goals or rules. In other words, a metaphor, this raising the bar means we're... You're here, but we want to get you here. So that's the new standard when you come. And every time I would go back, he would raise the bar and say, we have a new goal to reach today. And I would be just happy staying at the goal that I was at last week. But he wouldn't accept that. And because of that, I got stronger and stronger. See, raising the bar really is an integral principle that applies to every aspect of our life. Raising the bar, whether it's physical, mental, whether it's emotional, relationship-wise, it is the pathway to growth and success, especially when it comes to our spiritual life. So as we continue this journey through the Gospel of Matthew. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5. Remember, Jesus has been teaching on a number of things. It's quite a long teaching here that Jesus is giving, first and foremost, to his disciples, his followers, and then to the people, the public in general, that had gathered around him. And so we're going to be uh, moving back and forth from some of the, uh, these verses. We're going to take the first uh, verses are going to be uh, verse 21 through 22. Jesus said this, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or a sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or a sister, Raka, and I'll tell you what that means in a moment, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So Jesus now... 
First, he talks about the old standard. You have heard that it was said, you shall not murder. Old Testament, right? One of the Ten Commandments. But then Jesus now comes and he raises the bar. He elevates the standard now in the expectation. He said, but I tell you that you shall not murder anyone's character. See, Jesus said, I know you deal with the physical, but I want you to know that anyone who calls his brother or sister Raka, and that means idiot. Anyone, and it's said with contempt. So anyone who says a derogatory word against his brother is danger of the fires of hell. But you talk about, okay, physical murder, we all understand. But think about just, Jesus just said, you call anyone in the church, your brother or your sister, or let's go family, you call anyone, you idiot. Jesus said, you're in danger of the fires of hell. Well, wait a second, but, but, but um, are not a Christian? Well, Jesus said, your bar is here, but I'm raising the bar here. This is the standard by which my people are going to live by, you see. Are you following me so far? Okay, don't, don't run away on me now. Let's look at verse 27. Jesus said this, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. All of a sudden now, Jesus now is saying, I know what the standard is. The standard is if you commit the physical act of adultery, you're guilty. But I'm raising the bar and letting you know, hey guys, if you even look at her the wrong way, you're already guilty. That's a high standard, isn't it? I know nobody would say amen to that. Nobody wants to acknowledge that. But Jesus was letting us know. It's not about the physical. I'm raising the bar. I'm talking about what's in your heart. You see, because again, he goes on to talk about uh, verse 31. It, you, it has been said, anyone who divorces his wife must give her a certificate of divorce. But I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality makes her the victim of adultery and anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. So now, all of a sudden, Jesus is saying, I know according to the law, according to that standard, Moses allowed you to give a woman a, 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 a divorce. If you, she no longer pleased you, if you were done with her, you can write her a certificate of divorce. In other words, Jesus understood, you're able to give a certificate of divorce for whatever reason you want, but I'm raising the bar and telling you, unless she committed some sexual immorality, you're not allowed to give her a divorce. And if you do, you're in sin as well. Then Jesus goes on in verse 38. He says, you have heard that it was said, Eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other cheek also. 
And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand them over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So Jesus, again, he acknowledges the old standard, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You punch me and my, and my tooth falls out, then according to the Old Testament law, your tooth had to come out. Eye for eye, tooth for a tooth. But now Jesus, once again, he begins raising the bar and saying, I have this new standard. In other words, here's the new standard. I don't want you to resist anybody who's evil. Is this something contrary, so contrary to what we're seeing today? If anyone slaps you on the cheek, turn to him the other cheek. Talk about raising the bar. If anybody wants to sue you for your shirt, give them your coat too. See, and the Roman law was a Roman could come to any Jew and says, here's my baggage, carry it for me. And by law, they were bound to carry it at least one mile. Whether they hated the Roman or not was immaterial. If a Roman came to you and said, here's my, my stuff, I know it weighs 50 pounds, but you're to carry it with me one mile. By law, they were allowed, they, were, they, were, they had to carry it. But Jesus now comes and he raises the bar. And he said, don't walk one mile. I want you to walk two miles. Well, you mean, you telling me to help my enemy for another mile? I don't have a choice doing it for the one mile, but you want me to do it for a, de a second mile? Jesus was talking about raising the bar, setting a whole new standard for his followers, you see. Then the Lord's, Look at verse 43. You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies. Come on, say that with me. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In other words, Jesus said, I know that you guys are, find it acceptable to hate your enemy, to hate the person who hates you. But I'm raising the bar, and I'm telling you, I don't want you to hate your enemy. I want you to love your enemy. And I want you to pray for them. Because that's how God is. That's the character of God. He blesses the righteous and the unrighteous, the good and the evil. And if you only bless your own people, how are you different than those who hate God, who don't want to follow God? The evil people know how to love the people that love them. 
If we're no different in that regard, Jesus is saying, then there's no distinguishing mark of the character of God's people. We're talking today about raising the bar. And this kingdom principle that you and I have to structure our life around, if we want to live a life that pleases the Lord, is that we, listen, here's our kingdom principle, raising the bar must be part of our spiritual journey. In other words, what I'm talking about is making sure that we are looking, examining our lives and saying, am I accepting an old standard of living or am I raising the bar and having higher goals and higher expectations? Because when our life is governed, is structured around raising the bar, elevating standards, elevating expectations, setting higher spiritual goals, then and only then will you and I grow spiritually and be successful. Talking about raising the bar this morning. Pastor Jason was talking about that earlier when when it comes to worship. You and I ought to be challenging ourselves to raise the bar when it comes to loving God. And the first and most important demonstration of loving God is worship. We cannot profess to love God if we're struggling in worship. Something is wrong. So now the question is, where is my level of worship? I would submit to you, if your level of worship is where it was five years ago, you are not raising the bar. See, just like marriage, I love my wife, been married to her for 42 years, but every wife could attest to this. If I love my wife the same way I did when I first met her 42 years ago, I would have a problem with my marriage. She expects me to love her today more than I did 42 years ago, and I ought to. I ought to be doing more today to uh, express my love to her than I did 42 years ago. See, the old standard is, hey, I loved her enough to put a ring on her finger. You know, there it is. She's mine. I'm married. I'm your. I'm hers. What more you want, Pastor? How many wives know? Your husband come home with that kind of stuff. We know what happens. He misses church next week because he doesn't want to come and show the black eye that he's got. Well, why why do I got to get an anniversary gift? After 40 years, I I shouldn't have to get an anniversary gift. She should know that I love her. That's the old standard. See, the new standard recognizes how do I top what I did last year in demonstrating that I love her? You have that kind of attitude When it comes to love and your marriage, you won't have any marital issues. When both spouses are looking to constantly raise the bar on expressing their love, the devil doesn't have a foothold in the marriage. Family structures. How can I love and express to my family that I love them? What can I do to demonstrate to them that I love them? More than what I've done in the past. We're talking about raising the bar, setting a higher standard, higher personal goals, if you will. 
We're talking about elevating our love for the Lord. How about through service? How about when it comes to serving God? In case you're not aware of this, but you can only serve God by serving his people. See, some people think I can just serve God and I don't have to serve the people. But that is nowhere found in the Bible. That's unscriptural. You cannot serve the head without serving the body. You have to recognize, you must realize, and get this, if you want to serve God, you can only do that by serving his people. By serving the lost world, the community that he died for. In other words, we got to get to the point where we realize, okay, I've been saved now for, uh, let's say I've been saved for 10 years. Well, what am I doing now as opposed to what I did when I was first saved 10 years ago? Here's the sad part. Most of us have regressed, not raised the bar. See, we're talking about love for the Lord. The difference between those who grow spiritually and are successful in their spiritual journey can be summed up in one word, complacency. The difference between those who are raising the bar and those who aren't is complacency. When I'm talking about complacency, I I simply mean this. It means being satisfied with the status quo. And it's the unwillingness to raise the bar. In the business world, there is a model that is taught in management school. It is the 20-70-10 model. It means this. If you have a staff, let's say a staff of 10 people, 20% will be outstanding or very good, above average. 70% of the people will fall into the average category, which means they do the job you hire them to do, no more and no less. And then 10% will fall into the unsatisfactory category. In other words, what they're teaching in the class is, No matter how much you try, only two out of ten will ever rise above satisfactory. The majority of of workers are satisfied with just doing the job they were hired to do. They don't push themselves to do more. They 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 don't set higher goals or standards. They are satisfied with the status quo. They're complacent. I got my job. I get paid. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm not going to put in the extra hours. I'm not going to put in the extra time. I'm not going to work harder. I'm just going to do what they asked me to do. And that's it. 20%. Do you know what the spiritual model for church is? Buckle your seatbelt. It gets rough now. Statistically, in this country, only 20% of God's people honor him with tithing. Meaning, tithing is te- means 10% of our income is supposed to come to God. That's what God commands for his people. Yet, only 20% of God's people 
believe in tithing and honor God that way. You have only 20% of the people actually serve in church. Think about that. If you have a church of 200, it means 40 people are doing the work where the rest are just sitting every week. We're talking about raising the bar. You see, the enemy of raising the bar is complacency. When we are complacent, where where I am is acceptable or is good enough. I don't need to do more. I don't need to push myself. This is where I'm at, and I'm fine with that. You see, by nature, that's where we're all at. Spiritually, we're just like the people who go to uh, the the clubs and work out. Why do you think there are uh, personal trainers for? Why do you even need a personal trainer? It's simple. The personal trainer always raises the bar. You go in and you're like, okay, I did 10, 10, good, I'm, I'm good, I'm good. I did 10 last week, I did 10 today, I'm good. And we do that, we'll do that forever and ever, thinking 10 is good, 10 is good. You get a personal trainer, he said, how many did you do last week, 10? Okay, we got to do 15 today. And you're like, whoa, 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 I've never done 15. I know, but that's our goal for today. You can't stay doing the same thing over and over again. We got to raise the bar. You see, raising the bar, it was really came about as an athletic term where the high jump comes in and somebody goes over the bar without knocking the bar down? Well, I did my personal best. I set a new record. Okay, good. Let's raise it up again. See, it's it's the mindset that we're not willing to accept the status quo, that we're not willing to stay where we are, that we're not willing to say, well, this is what I give every week, and that's good enough. Why do you think we had the missions convention? And even we we talked last week about our missionary, the challenge for us. Pastor Joey talked to our youth on Thursday. The challenge for all of us is to raise the bar when it comes to our giving. Because I'm not even now talking about tithing. I'm talking about over and above your tithing. When you say, wait a second, I can't even bring myself to tithe. I know we're talking about raising the bar today. Understanding. Yeah, but, but don't you see, I, I, I've been an usher for 20 years. I love being an usher. And I said, that's wonderful. But have you asked God, is there more that he wants you to do? I'm not saying that we have to do a gazillion things. Don't get me wrong. I'm simply saying that there's a mindset that you and I are born with. It is the mindset of complacency. We will get away with whatever we can get away with. We will do the least of whatever we can do the least with. And the problem with this mindset is it gives you and I a false sense of security. And God is not pleased with this mindset. A few verses to drive that point home. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. The complacency of fools will destroy them. The prophet Amos chapter 6, verse 1. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion. Zion was the city of God. He's talking to God's people. Woe to you who are complacent in Zion, who feel secure in Mount Samaria. 
The prophet Zephaniah, chapter 1, verse 12. At that time, meaning this is the day of the Lord, when the, when the Lord comes back, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and punish those who are what? Come on, say it with me. I know you don't want to say it. Say it nice, nice and loud. When the Lord comes back on the day of the Lord, when there's time for judgment, God is telling his people, I am going to punish everyone who's complacent. Everyone who likes to accept the status quo. You see, what we're looking at today, brothers and sisters, is the fact that God is not pleased with complacency and he warns against us. And so you, we find in the scriptures in Matthew, the king of kings is teaching us how the kingdom of God is structured and there are standards, but Jesus is constantly elevating that standard for you and I. Why? Because he knows by nature we get very complacent very quickly. So the question becomes... If God is not pleased with complacency, how does God know when we're complacent? I mean, again, by nature, we like to set the bar low, right? We like to start out low. And that way we are ensured that we're going to be successful. But now, like in the physical where there is a need for a personal trainer, God has seen fit to give every child of his a personal trainer. A spiritual personal trainer. Listen to Galatians chapter 5, verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. It's a little bit more contemporary version. Listen to what I said. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. You see, the, the personal trainer that God has left you and I with is the Holy Spirit who dwells within. He is constantly raising the bar on us. In other words, you and I do not set the goals. The moment you start setting goals, that's the moment you start setting yourself up for problems and trouble. You will never achieve the goal you set for yourself. Unless, of course, you lower it. I'm talking about raising the bar. I have learned a long time ago, I do not make God any promises because I know I can't keep them. I don't set any goals for myself. I want the Holy Spirit to set the goals. He's the personal trainer. Could you imagine if I walked into that therapy session and I said, okay, last week I did 10. Today I'm going to do 11. If I set the standard, how many know by human nature, I'm always going to set it either too low or I'm going to set it too high. That's not achievable. And that often happens to us sometimes. Meaning well, there are times where we set the standard, but we're, not, we're, we're setting them up too high. Well, you know, I haven't read my Bible. I haven't read it, but, but today I'm going to start reading my Bible. I'm going to read ch 10 chapters a day. I, I haven't been praying, but now I'm going to pray for an hour every day. And after five minutes of praying, you're like, oh, God, 
This is harder than I thought. Why? Because you're the one set, trying to set the goal. You're the one raising the bar. Now, I have to be truthful with this. The Holy Spirit will always raise the bar higher than you think it should go. But that is so that you can realize, I can't make that without his help. See, the personal trainer, when I was under that therapy, he's moving, he's talking to me. He's, come on, we can do this thing. He's coaching me along. He's encouraging me to, to stay in there and, and work it through. And so that's what a personal trainer does. Well, the spirit in the spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that brings us the grace from God that we need to achieve the goals that he sets. It's not about you and I setting the goal. no. It's the Holy Spirit. And notice, he sets the goal in every part of our lives. The problem we have is we don't want him to raise the bar in some areas of our life. We're complacent in that area. We want, don't touch that, I'm fine over there. Don't no, 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 God, you, we can do this, but not that, God. But the Holy Spirit will not give up. He will be relentlessly pursue you until you agree to raise the bar and to follow his leading in that area. And he is always raising the bar. He's always raising the standard because there's always something that's going on. Just when you think you've arrived, and listen, once again, we are all in this place. We're all full of pride. We all think that we are better than we truly are. Beginning with the person on the platform, we're all, we all have a wicked heart. And so, and part of that wickedness is we think that we're all that. We get to some place spiritually and we think we've arrived. And then that's when the Holy Spirit has to say, you think you've arrived? You think you, 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 you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind? Yeah, I love God with all my heart, soul, and mind. Okay, then I want you to surrender this. Whoa. Oh, 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 oh. I don't know about that, God. But you just said you love me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You see, we're good at making statements, but we're not so good at carrying them out, are we? That's why we need a personal trainer to bring to us these areas in our life where we see there's a standard, but I want to raise the bar on that standard. Uh, Pastor Joey has challenged our young people to give to Speed the Light, which is our, our fellowship's version of uh, raising our funds to supply our missionaries with vehicles and, and anything that they need to promote the gospel. And so the, the raising of the bar is saying, I know what God helped us to do last week, but what does he want, I mean last year, but what does he want us to do this year? You see, that's where the faith promise comes in. But we gave you a card that's saying, this is not about what you think you can give. What is the Holy Spirit telling you to give? He's ready, going to raise the bar. Yeah, but this is what I gave last year. That was last year. How about raising the bar for this year? Listen, b both missionaries on Sunday and on Wednesday talked about God bringing us to a place where we're not so comfortable. 
Are we willing to be uncomfortable? Raising the bar will make you uncomfortable for sure. Because it will challenge us in ways that we don't anticipate being challenged, in ways we don't even want to be challenged. But this kingdom principle that raising the bar must be part of our spiritual journey. Pastor Jason, worship team. Notice in Galatians, it tells us that we are to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We're to follow his leading in every part of our lives. I've realized many years ago that I could never love my wife better than the Holy Spirit loves my wife. So when I'm in my prayer time in the morning, oftentimes I'll ask the Holy Spirit, how can I demonstrate to my wife today that I love her? What can I do? I mean, believe he's got a plan. He knows my wife's heart better than I know my wife's heart. He knows what can minister to her. And so there's, there's that place where if I follow him in every step, God, what about my giving, my financial giving? Is my financial giving honoring you to the measure? I know I have a standard, but what if the Holy Spirit wants to raise the bar on that? Are we willing to keep in step with him at every turn? Because when you and I don't take that step forward to follow him, then we stay where we're at. And whenever we stay where we're at, that's called complacency. And as we read, God is not pleased with complacency. And this word that God has given us today, it isn't about giving more. It isn't about serving more. It isn't about loving others more. It's simply this. You and I need to structure our lives around this principle. Whatever the Holy Spirit is directing me to do, I want to embrace that and follow that by His grace. And it might be that He might lead me to give more. It might be that He may stretch me and ask me to serve in an area I never even thought about serving in. It might be that He might be calling me to demonstrate that I'm a child of God by going out into my community and loving people that nobody else wants to love. And that quite honestly, neither do I. You see, part of this Christian journey is the Spirit's responsibility to bring to light what's in the darkness. And when we're challenged, it's only because that area of our life is not under the powerful influence of the Holy Spirit at the moment. Money is controlling our life. Selfishness is controlling our life. So that way we, we don't love anybody else because we're more in love with ourselves than we are with anybody else. And the Holy Spirit wants you and I to develop the character of Christ. Because Jesus said, remember his words, if you do what the pagans do, then what difference are you? If unbelievers can love one another, what do we gain? 
But see, unbelievers, they hate their enemy. Now, here's where we raise the bar for my people. We will not hate our enemy. In fact, we will love our enemy. And we will pray blessings upon their life. And if they sue us for our shirt, we're going to give them a coat on top of that. And if they smack us on, the, on one cheek, we're going to turn the other. How many know we need God's grace for all of that today? I want you to stand with me.